0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn, Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, Design Your Dream Career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. U-Turn friends, I have such an incredible guest for you today, and it's none other than Danielle Laporte. She is a member of Oprah's Super Soul 100, a group who, in Oprah Winfrey's words, is uniquely connecting the world together with a spiritual energy that matters. Uh, The former director of a future studies think tank in D.C., where she managed a team creating global scenarios... Um, I mean, she is now speaking about the intelligence of the heart. Her most recent book is called How to Be Loving When Your Heart is Breaking Open and the World Is Waking Up. She also has it has an audiobook, an ebook, and a companion deck and a journal. And if you're not, you know, remembering the magic that is her work yet, let me remind you that she's the author of the Firestarter Sessions, The Desire Map and White Hot Truth. So She is the creator of Heart Centered Membership and the Heart Centered Leadership Program with more than 400 leaders in 30 countries, hosting conversation circles, retreats, workshops um, of all kinds in communities and, and businesses. And her podcast is called With Love, Danielle, and it's often found in the iTunes Top 10 for Wellness and obviously, she's been named a top 100 website for women by Forbes. Millions of people a month are visiting DanielleAport.com, And for good reason, she is here to help us learn how to be more loving, just like the name of her book. And that's what I wanted to talk about on this episode. Let's talk about the holiday season, my friends. It is filled with end of year celebrations, gatherings with loved ones, traveling, cozy nights in, wild nights out, and yummy treats. This year, I've been really focused on not letting my sweet tooth get the best of me. We all know it happens to me. And I found the perfect remedy Soul CBDs tinctures. Not only are these tinctures tasty and sweet, but they also calm my nerves. Navigating the holidays with stressful travel and end of the year work rushes, having some extra support to calm my nervous system and reduce inflammation has been so key. Just a few of Soul CBD's drops will do the trick. This powerful tincture is convenient and portable. I always throw one in my purse or my bag, so relief is just a drop away anywhere. You can spice up your morning coffee with the pumpkin spice tincture, or you can place a few drops of peppermint under your tongue for a perk of sweetness, and also add some lemon-lime tinctures to your sparkling water at a holiday party. It's so easy, it's powerfully calming, and it's absolutely delicious. Soul CBD has an epic discount to share with the U Turn community of fifteen percent off your order. Just head on over to ashleystall.com/soul. That's a s h l e y s t a h l dot com slash s o u l to access our special page with them. And don't forget to use the code U Turn at checkout. That's y o u t u r n. Now let's get back to this week's episode. And those of you who've been listening, maybe you've linked in on the fact that I randomly signed up for a meditation teacher training, and it's been a 200-hour intense thing, and I have no time to meditate because all I'm doing is training on meditation and learning how to be kind to of myself. So without further ado, Danielle, thank you so much for being here. You are graceful and smooth. That was great. Thank you. I was feeling for so having. choppy. That's so funny you say that. Thank you for the reflection. Good. True story. I was before we hit record, I was telling Danielle that the fire alarm went off in my building and I'm noticing right now that my sweatshirt is backwards. So that this is the perfect episode for today. Perfect. Um so, I mean, first of all, congratulations on a new work of art that came out of your heart and into the world. Thank you. Yeah, and you come across to me so um I know you probably don't know too much about me, but I worked in national security in my twenties, in the department of defense. And one of the things they taught me was intuition through the lens of like saving your own life and feeling things. Mm -hmm. And I kind of moved that intuition over to people. And for the longest time, I have felt like you're so true in this space. And I love that in your book, you say that the day of the guru is kind of over. Mm-hmm. Um can you talk a little bit about about that like why do you think we're moving into a different time and um what do you think the world needs most right now All right
1: let's start nice and light Yeah um, <laughs> Well you know I used to work in Washington DC I run a think tank Yeah and I had first level security clearance at the Pentagon, and we were selling white papers on weapons of mass destruction and water world, water wars in the world, and it was like wild. And I learned a lot about my own judgmentalness. Like this is like totally an aside. I'm not answering questions, question, but we'll get there. And I just like I had so much judgment about people in that space. You know, I was like vegetarian, Canadian, self helper, and I learned that. Um, there are a lot of people committed to the skill of inner guidance uh-huh. for the sake of keeping people alive, but it is all transferable. And then there were actually some people who were committed to peace. That's yeah. why they joined the military. It was, it was really this great lesson on how I wasn't loving.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. interesting. You're the first woman I've met in this um, personal development space that also worked at the Pentagon or with the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting um, that you also have some sort of background there. And one thing that I've seen in our world, you know, kind of going back to this idea of a guru and, and being more loving is spiritual snobbery. Mm-hmm. And I actually noticed a little of my own spiritual snobbery at the first day of my meditation teacher training. I sat down and, you know, the girl next to me was 22 and I'm 35 years old. I've been doing this for 13 years. And I remember this judgment in my head coming up of like, is this going to actually meet me? Like, is this course where I am? So I love how you talk about in your book that we're kind of in a world right now where, you know, the, we were following gurus or, you know, we're looking at these spiritual practitioners and then they bought them out. And, you know, maybe they got called out for abuse or they have an illness or they're out of integrity with what they're teaching. And I I know that this is very common. And as healers, we're still humans. We're still in this body. So I know that that's very real. But um, what do you think is going on with this phenomenon where there's so many people healing out there that are also suffering so much and struggling to stay in integrity? with Mm -hmm. their message everybody human everybody has
1: their karma to burn Mm -hmm. this is a time i think of a great revealing like a great reckoning um all the shadowy stuff has to come up to the light Mm -hmm. not so this is i think like a fine you know i just want to like kind of turn the dial on this a bit it's like all this stuff has to come to the light not so that we can see who's weak and who's wrong and who's betrayal and all that kind of stuff but because it wants to be loved and it needs to be integrated Mm -hmm. so it's like their cheat their greediness their lies eh, we've all cheated we've all lied we all have some degree of greediness so step number one it's all a reflection Mm -hmm. the people that were you know so-called voting into power that we have problems with we need to ask like well where's our inner tyrant or our inner whatever it is that we're judging mm-hmm. and we have it so there's that what's what happens with the whole guru dance is we're really just projecting our power onto somebody else and when they break our hearts we're really pissed off mm-hmm. So, and we're pissed off at them, but I think if you drill deeper, you're actually pissed at yourself for giving your power away and not realizing who you are. It's like, wait, okay, wait, I thought they were going to heal me. I thought they had the seven steps and we really want to heal and we really want to be loving and we really want to be sane and we don't want to have the anxiety and whatever it is. And I looked to them, they did me wrong. They either proved to just like be basic human or they proved to be like, you know, like a bad character in the play, not doing great stuff. And we take all that disappointment we have in ourselves. We just say, you've disappointed me. But you know what? Just pause. I think really that betrayal is you've just betrayed yourself. You got the seven steps. You have the wisdom. Nobody, 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 nobody can tell you what your future is. Nobody knows your body better than you do. And I have worked with some extraordinary healers, Mm -hmm. some real mastery level people. And I've taken their advice and I've been the better for it. And I've also learned that I have to make the final call all the time.
0: You you touched on something um, that really is not a topic we've dove into enough on this show which is shadow work so i was hoping that you could share a little bit about what is it why does it matter how does it look for people so that maybe someone listening today can start to wake up to what does my shadow even look like where can i start to put my awareness on that
1: your shadow is
0: all the stuff you haven't looked at yet it's just in the
1: dark of you that's all and it's a part of you. It's not this stuff outside of yourself. And and this is like a, maybe going to sound like a little new age cheesy, but like it takes light to cast a shadow. So like you are brilliant and you are radiant. And then there's this dark patch over here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And all that stuff, the, the like easiest term is I just say it's the stuff in the basement of your psyche.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've just been burying it. Don't want to go down. It's gnarly. You're probably ashamed. Don't want to tell anybody about it. It's a pain in the ass because you want. Want to be a winner. Of course you do. You want to be a winner at love, all those really healthy good things. And shadow work is saying, This is really basic shadow work. Wow, why did I say that? That's an act of love. That's an act of consciousness. Like, where did oh wow, where did that come from? That came from the basement of your psyche. Yeah. <laughs> it came from an unhealed voice in you saying. Oh, I need to get attention. So I'm going to say this at the meeting. Or I need this guy to think I'm cool. So I'm going to be a little more uh brazen, or whatever the thing is, whatever the speaking out is. Mm-hmm. And you start to see the more you you you're looking for your dark patches, the more you see, like, wow, you were unconscious. And it's natural and it's great, but being conscious that you're unconscious is fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: I took, you know, if I get really honest with myself, I took that job just to impress my dad or I married this guy just to rebel against my community, making Mm -hmm. these major life decisions, thinking it's all good for us, but it's actually this unhealed part of ourselves, just being all woundy and needy and really leading us in an unhealthy direction.
0: You know, I love that you're putting it in such like uh, digestible terms because I feel like people, it's easy to say, like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, so there's probably a lot of people thinking, well, what if I don't know what's running me? Like, what if I don't realize that I took that job for my dad? Like, how do I start to tune in to this? So I have a lot of questions, but that's like the first one. That's it. Have a practice.
1: There's all these tools. So first of all, you don't know what's in there. You actually don't know what's in your, business, in, in your basement. It's amazing and it's terrifying. My experience of like getting in there was like, wow, I can be really manipulative. Wow, I'm arrogant. Actually, all my authority issues are my terror of being controlled. But that's me looking at my behavior. You know, me going through airport security and wigging out on the security girl Just like, what is it? You know, when something is really flared up, whether it's like emotional sadness or rage, that is your wounded self saying, hi, I need to be tended to. Something else is calling the shots. But back to your question about how. You gotta wanna, you gotta wanna be awake. And then there are practices. And these are all the practices. We're doing all the, the workshops and the retreats and all that. They've been around for thousands of years. Guess what? meditation works having con- being contemplative works and by being contemplative i mean think about something that you want to know more about courage or intimacy or gentleness and just think about it for a couple of weeks just like be that deep person you know and pay attention to what you're putting in your body and rest and basically i think right now If everybody did what's required to regulate your nervous system, all those tools that will regulate your nervous system and have you think more clearly Mm -hmm. and not have panic attacks are all the means to becoming more conscious about what you're unconscious of.
0: Mm. You know, another thing that kind of comes up as you're sharing this is this like energy alignment, where sometimes on the outside, we've mastered ourselves enough to be super kind, but then on the inside, there's still some thoughts that are not kind. Oh, yeah. Like that integrity with ourselves can be so challenging. For example, um, you know, my spiritual snobbery at my meditation class likes to think that I'm like so woke and helpful and aware and whatever. (laughs) And. In a lot of ways, I'm very proud of how I show up in the world and who I help, and I and I, I worked to be this person, and I've chosen it. And I still notice in my head when I'm walking the streets of New York City, this narrative. Like, and I just have been getting hit to this lately, where I'm I'm um, blaming other people for being in my way. In my head, I'm like, look at this person, just like on their phone, not looking up. They're in my way. They're stopping everyone. They're in the way of the whole world. Like this mean. Dialogue in my head, yeah. but then on the outside, I'm like, no problem, and I, and most of the time, I'm pretty happy. But I can feel this little mean thing inside of me. Um, what would be a starting point for someone who resonates with that, where they're like, yeah, I, I like myself like ninety percent of the time, but there's this little rude ten percent thought bank that like has to go. How do we love this part of ourselves? How do we be more loving with these this part of ourselves? And how do we? Shed it or grow with it.
1: Mm-hmm. This is the stuff of mastery. Mm-hmm. To be able to look at your thoughts, to see how your thoughts are different from your outer behavior. Yeah. You're seeing the conflict, you're seeing the dissonance, you know? Yeah. And then to ask yourself where the thoughts come from. Okay. First thing is reverence. This is a big trip. So, reverence is really, we're moving into mastery zone here. So, let, let me just dial back first level is tolerance. You go, wow, I've got this part of me that's like, you know, I'm sweet on the outside, but inside I'm just like, get out of my way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I've got that part of me and, you know, and and it comes and goes, okay, well, that's better than intolerance. That's better than saying I'm not evolved. I'm a shitty person. Okay. So Mm -hmm. we move to tolerance. I think after tolerance, there's legit acceptance. So basic definition of acceptance You're actually embracing what you've been pushing away. So it's like, okay, that part of yourself that's like really judgmental, the guy on the street, you're going to say, your tone is going to shift and be like, wow, I've got this judgmental part of me. Let me just be with it and be friendlier to it. I'm not going to try and push it away. I'm not going to try and not be that. I'm just going to make room for it in myself. It'll come and it'll go. But this is what I'm really interested in. And this is really, really what I think how to be loving is about. Reverence. Mm. Reverence, and it's one of my favorite words right now. The definition of reverence is wonder and respect tinged with awe. And this is radical with the stuff of yourself that you loathe and you hate and you're judging. And that's maybe even actually kind of shitty. So how could you have... What's a friendly, respectful, almost like tinge with all conversation to have with your judgmental self? And I don't know, I'm going to make this up right now. Um, it might go like, wow, I have respect for you. You are consistent. And then it goes to, um, wow, every time you come up, you point me towards how crap I feel about myself. And you know what? This is why I'm respectful of you. Dear judgment, every time you come up, you point me to how loving I am. Mm. And it totally, that is a big pattern interrupter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I'm losing it, when I'm kind of lashing out and so ashamed of myself at the chick at the security gate in the airport i have to look underneath that underneath that what's that rebellion what's that thing i have with authority and a i know it's about not wanting to be controlled but underneath that is a deep love of justice and equality for all people yeah and what you're loving if i can therapize you for a second yeah therapize me i love that okay. shit let's okay. go okay i'm guessing that underneath your judgment of that other person is you are actually wishing that humanity was awake
0: yeah yeah how,
1: how beautiful yeah right? so it's like but you will not get to that diamond that beauty unless you go through those things like if you just pushed away your judgy side and you're just like, i am not evolved enough you'd never get there and yeah. this is what carl Jung is talking about when you know young is young t- teaches that the light is in the darkness. And I never got that. I'm like, what do you mean? The light's in the darkness. Uh-huh. And now I get it. It's like underneath our bad behavior is something pure, but we will not get to the purity. We won't get to the power of that unless we
0: love our way
1: down into the basement.
0: I love that. And I love your ability to reframe. And obviously, it feels like easier to hear someone look at your stuff and say like, oh, well, here's the better, the deeper intention, the deeper intention of this part of you that is judging the person for being too slow or, you know, checking their phone in the middle of traffic, want people to wake mm-hmm. up. and And I think it is true um and it's it's challenging to change your thinking right like just the other day i've been working on this especially because in my meditation teacher training we're learning about karma and the seeds that we plant and i'm like i don't want to plant seeds of talking shit about people's pace in my head all day long when i'm walking the streets of new york 7 8 miles a day with my dog like that's a lot of seeds i'm planting and so yeah. i've been paying attention to this and i had a little shift the other day this woman's dog was walking by at like a glacial pace and I could tell that the dog was so old. And I just was like, oh, and she looked at me and she saw me waiting with my crazy German shepherd who's like unhinged, you know, like bless him. He's the best. But I have to like hold him because it's this old dog. And, and she goes, thank you so much. He's so old. And my heart just like opened. And it was just like everyone has a reason and a story and a, and a behavior set for why they are doing the best that they can be doing right now. And it's so hard to change your emotions, like your thoughts. So give me your thoughts. I'm curious on your thoughts about changing your thoughts. (laughs) I used to do something with my kid, which
1: has actually shown up in the book now, which I'm just making this connection in this conversation because you're awesome Mm -hmm. is, you know, we get frustrated with somebody and then we would reach for the positive possibility. It's like, you know, someone would speed by in traffic in the school zone, which is like not cool. Be like, hmm, maybe they're going to the hospital because their wife's having a baby. You know, it'd be like that. So it's like, you know, all the people, you know, because I have the same thing, like, you know, you're on your phone, it's like m- maybe they just got a text from someone who loves them. You know, you, you know, it's like all these possibilities. But one of the most um I think enlightened things you can do when you're really pissed off at someone, the guy on the street, whoever is, you just go, Oh, I've done that before.
0: I just did that too. I love that. It's so beautiful. And it's so hard to admit it. Yeah. And people, and I know that's shadow work, right? Like the, yeah. in your shadow is so many things that either you're not noticing that you're doing, or you don't want to admit that you're doing. Cause then you have to see them. Yeah. Um, how and it we- works with all things. Yeah. Um, I've been narrow minded before.
1: Oh, I've I've yelled before. Oh, she's rounding up. I rounded up that one time. Yeah. And that diffuses the charge. You really get some love flowing. You become more gentle. Your tone will change. What you say will change. And that will (laughs) change your life.
0: Change the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody almost hit my hit me with their car and my dog the other day, and mm. I sound like all I do is walk around with my dog. At this I kind of do, and you know what? I'm totally.
1: I'm so glad you're home to do a podcast. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: like a miracle I'm here. Um, which is so it's it's because you're really magical. I'm like, you know what? I've got a positive projection of Daniela Port. I'm going to show up for my shit today. But um, yeah, it's like I'm just thinking about all these people who are listening who, you know. Their, their thoughts are the same every day and the research is behind that. And we hear that in these like self-help speeches and, and for good reason. It's a really interesting fact that most of our thoughts are the same thing on a carousel yes. since however long. So yes. how do we take a little loop-de-loo from like mm-hmm. 1984 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like in the bowels of our consciousness, polish it off like a little pearl. You know, and and shift the way we're thinking, like what would be a few things people can think? I love what you did about saying like, oh, I've done that before because this guy almost hit me and my dog with his car. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, okay, I've never hit anybody with a car, but I've like started backing up and then realized that somebody is like close behind me and I need to stay stopped just like he did. Yeah. yeah. And it really did work. So I love that you said that. But what yes. are some, um, or and, what are some other okay? Ways- yeah. OK, so let's name it. Yeah.
1: So what we want to do is we want to have higher quality thoughts. Yeah. I want to be more specific. What we really want to do is have more loving thoughts, thoughts that are more loving and more thoughts that are yeah. loving. And so it begins with the practice, everything we mentioned, do the meditating, do the contemplating, eat clean food, whatever that is. And then I think there's some characteristics to loving thoughts. One, you have to believe it. So this is why I've always, I've always had a bit of a bone with affirmations, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of affirmations are just lies that we tell.
0: It's like a fine line between being visionary and delusional. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: yes, exactly. And everything in you knows that you're lying. You know, you're lying. The conscious, this is the messed up thing. The conscious part of you knows that you are lying to the unconscious part of you. So it's like, you know, you could be flat broke and you can stand in front of the mirror and say, I am so wealthy. And you lying, <laughs> no, you know you're not. But you could stand in front of the mirror, you could go for your walk and you could say, I love abundance. And you can believe that loving thought. Or you could say, my life is abundant in so many ways. And that's a truth. Mm -hmm. So that's one quality of a loving thought. You believe it. The other is, I don't think this is a hard rule all the time. You know, it's an art. But I think loving thoughts have a universal quality to them. Like almost anybody could think them and they would work. You know, we could all think about our abundance. But this is the fine line. Um, Loving thoughts are not rebellious. Mm. So it's not saying I am so wealthy, you know, subtext, screw you universe and all the people who think I'm not wealthy enough (laughs) and through my subconscious for not having my shit together at this time Mm -hmm. in my life and having a 401k. Um, It's not rebellious. It is really from the heart. Like this is true. I'm not thinking this thought to impress anybody Not even thinking the thought to impress myself. It's just a gentle thought that I'm going to support today. Mm -hmm. And the thing with changing your thinking, which will change the galaxy, is you're going to have to, if you're human, you're going to have to redirect, you're going to have to pivot probably 9,000 times a day to a more loving thought. And then it gets easier. Like then it'll be only like a thousand times a day. You're going to catch yourself being judgmental towards yourself or to them. You're going to catch yourself doubting your body, doubting the universe, and you're going to have to go, well, okay. And then here's what you do. No criticism for the judgmental thought. The guy on his phone or how you're judging your lack of money or whatever it is, you don't go, wow, I'm unevolved. You just go, wow, I thought that. Mm, leave it. Leave mm-hmm. it alone. And then choose higher vibration thought
0: Mm -hmm. did you know that around the age of 25 your collagen production begins to slow down while collagen is linked to youthful skin and that vibrant glow we all want to maintain, it's also a vital component of your overall health. Collagen helps your bones, your joints, and your muscles function and remain strong and mobile. With so many supplements out there, I wanted to share the best collagen I could find, and it's Isogenics Collagen Elixir. It's become a quick favorite of mine. This collagen contains hydrolyzed marine collagen, sustainably sourced from deep sea fish. Marine collagen has high absorption rates by the body, making it a great option Option if you're ready to really nourish your body from the inside out. I treated my mom to this collagen and I noticed her wrinkles on her face started to disappear just in four weeks. Obviously not all of them, but some of them. And it was so exciting to know that each serving is composed of five grams of marine peptides that you can enjoy anytime during the day. Simply visit ashleystahl.com collagen now to get your order. And when you sign up for a subscription to receive your collagen elixir each month, you get discounts and delivery perks. That's Ashley com c-o-l-l-a-g-e-n now let's get back to this week's episode you know it's interesting as i'm listening to you um i'm thinking about i got a master's in spiritual psychology like years ago do you know the usm program i feel like you have to know it um university yes of yes 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 yeah and so years ago i i went there and I remember the head of the program saying that when you forgive yourself or you kind of have to keep re going back to that more loving thought, it's like your healing is like a big boulder. And every time you forgive yourself and reframe and forgive yourself and reframe, it's like a chip of the boulder comes off Mm -hmm. until one day that boulder is just like a pebble and it's not the same way it used to be. So people think like, oh, I've been in therapy for five years. Why isn't this thing on? It's like, well, does it look like it did on day one? You know, like, know, this stuff is like yeah. words.
1: but you know, this also gets into healing, being nonlinear, mm-hmm. which is I used to have this image of myself. Like it was more like I was a train on tracks of like, okay, I worked on my family of origin stuff. Okay. Then I did my past life stuff. All right. And then I did my divine masculine. Then I did my, you know, no, what it is, is this is this is what happens to people in our space. They're like, oh, I, but I did all those things, and I did the workshop, and I'm a meditator, and I got totally triggered, or I got sick, yeah. or why am I learning this lesson again? It's like a solar system, not a train track. Yeah, and what someone does in your life has this ripple effect. The medicine that really worked for you yesterday, the meditation practice. Or the thing you were telling yourself, it actually healed you. You got somewhere. But now you need something different because you've made progress. So it's more like fluid and interdimensional and it's not sequential. And I think you heal when you're ready to heal. Right. Gives you those bigger things. It's like, you know, I looked back at the challenges I've had, the meltdowns I've had. I think, wow, you know, my soul was really merciful because I fell apart when I had a place to live.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I also want to touch on this phenomenon that exists within this, which is the fine line between reframing things and kind of being optimistic, obviously not toxically positive or any of that stuff that is like a topic right now. But I'm saying like, it's beautiful when you can reframe a thought like, oh, wow, the part of me that's being an asshole to the person that's moving too slow in front of me is the part of me that wants the world to wake up. Super true. But sometimes when we reframe, we end up in ping pong and it's just more ego against ego, meaning it's like, it's like I'm I'm this I'm that. Just like affirmations, it's kind of like this forceful back and forth we play in our head, and we're not actually transforming. And this information creates like constipation and not transformation. So um, I don't know what I'm coming through today with, but oh, that's you're what good. Me. You are on today. I didn't know. Oh, like who who's here today? Let's go. Um, so yeah, what do, what are you what are your thoughts on that yeah. phenomenon? Because I think people are like think positive, and then they think something that sucks and then they think the nice thing and then they think that, you know, it's like this video game in their head that sounds like a horrible time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I think there's ego guilt and I think there's heart guilt. So the ego guilt is going to have you feel ashamed. It's always going to have you be not good enough, a little bit soiled, not enlightened enough just like not enough so it's like you're not a loving person look at all the meditation you're doing that guy in the street still pisses you off yeah and you suck basically Mm -hmm. and then there's heart guilt also known as having a conscience and your conscience i mean it's often portrayed like in all the disney movies it's like you know it's this little voice on your shoulder it is your soul speaking to you saying listen You're actually an incredibly spacious, loving being. Let's be all of you. So, do you want to go back and clean that up? Do you want to think a better thought? Don't you want to do some goodwill? Mm -hmm. And actually, that's what karma is karma is not punishment from the soul or any outside deity. Karma is the soul saying, let's just bring things back into balance because actually, your truth is you are love. That wasn't loving. Mm -hmm. So let's just clean it up. Let's do two loving things. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I love that so much. And I feel that, I mean, I remember when I started my business, like, and webinars just started to be a thing. Do you remember webinar times? Like it was so, I mean, they're still happening, but they were like so (laughs) happening in like 2013. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was like, you know, people who were good at digital marketing were like creating wealth on uh, Facebook ads, which was great. And, I just remember feeling out of integrity because there were certain things that I would have to do in my marketing on a webinar to create urgency and scarcity and all of the ities, um mm-hmm. for people to buy. <laughs> and I remember hiring all the lawyers because coming from the Pentagon and loving justice just as, as much as you do over there, I'm like, I need to be in integrity and get these lawyers to look at this because my heart detector octopus invisible tentacle is feeling something that doesn't feel good about how I would do this. And I had a, a presentation that was making my business millions of dollars and I chose to shut it down. I had a book deal that was paying off some of the debt that I got from that. And I refunded them because they were changing my, my vision. So there were so many moments in my life where I've had to choose the kind of integrity or the consciousness that comes from your heart, because I know that if I don't like myself going to bed at night, like I'm I'm out, like what what else is left? Like in the silence of the night, me thinking I suck, like it's, it's just a horrible time. So I'm wondering, um, I think a lot of people get so caught in doing work on themselves, doing work on themselves, and they want to have a good heart that they're almost spiritually bypassing. Can you explain what spiritually bypassing looks like Because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's happening right now around me a lot where people are like, I'm going to clear and heal every judgment. I'm like, man, you're allowed to have that judgment if you want to. You know, you don't have to make your life so much spiritual healing that you're not in life. So Mm -hmm. yeah, any thoughts there?
1: It's a great way of putting it. Spiritual bypassing is when you take something that really doesn't look spiritual, like your rage your neediness, your bad thoughts about people. And you just like lay a big spiritual gooey principle on top of it. And you will say, um, well, it's my karma or everything happens for a reason. Or um, it's there, you know, there's something to be grateful for in here. And I actually think those are universal principles that are all true. Like there's meaning to everything. We are living in a dualistic karmic reality. But until you actually acknowledge what's going on, you just, it's just shadow on shadow. It's more ego. It's you just, you're just, it's a band aid on the wound. Yeah. And like all that stuff wants to be integrated. Just integrate your judgy part of you. It's like, wow, now I can be judgmental. Still love myself. Yeah. And you carry on. You carry on instead of, you know, like I've gone through a phase these last couple of years where we actually have this process on my website. Um, I think you get it I think it's a pop-up as soon as you come on it's this it's a um self-help laundry list mm-hmm. and this was born out of me looking at my day planner a couple years ago and you know one day I had a reading with an astrologer and like the next day I had a reading with a shaman and then there was yoga 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 and then I had a session with my psychotherapist and I was like I have no time for myself (laughs) and I really had to ask like is this making me more well
0: right and the answer was no it was
1: making me more neurotic
0: Mm, that is so much I love that
1: and the ego doesn't want to go on a break yeah like it just it kind of played out you know I I I We did a lot out of my spiritual to-do list. I was like, okay, I don't need to go to every class. I'm going to take that workshop. I don't need a shaman and an astrologer. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. But recently it's been more, I've really just gone on a diet. Yeah,
0: spiritual diet. Yeah, don't need another book. Not right now. Yeah, it's funny. I signed up for Buddhism 101 at the studio down the street, and that's what got me into the meditation teacher thing. So I was like lightly but lovingly upsold, and I was totally happy to do it but now I'm like, I'm drowning in spirituality and I'm exactly this example. And um, I mean, I'm going to like die from all of this and reincarnate into something else before I even have time to finish this meditation and Buddhism cocktail that I've put myself in. And so I've given myself permission to slow down. So I love that you're sharing that because I think a lot of people see this as like achieving, but sometimes when you're Perceivingly moving so forward, you're actually just moving backwards. You're not actually um, taking things in. And- well, the ego is calling
1: the shots. You're working yeah. on
0: half of
1: the wound, not seeing yourself really as the healer. Like if you really saw yourself, and this is really the other pillar of how to be loving, is correct identification. If you saw yourself as the healer instead of the wounded personality you think, well, I, co- I got this, I only need one workshop, not five.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And there is a lot of that, a lot of us who make decisions to get more learning, because we actually inherently feel like we're broken, or we're not enough as we are. And so it's, it's so interesting to see when that happens. Um, I feel like we're also in a time where like, everybody wants to optimize, like all my friends who have businesses that they're really proud of, and they're amazing. Oh. And I'm sure you know, some of, some of them I was actually seeing we have a lot of mutual friends on Instagram. Um, they always want to scale. They're like, we need to scale. And 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 what I, okay, here's one of my beefs in the spiritual world. I fucking hate the spiritual justifications for like very human things. Like, for example, people who want to scale, yes, they want to make more impact. But they they hide behind the egoic desire to be bigger by saying like, I want to touch more lives. And I'm like, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm, but your ego is running this whole business and you are, you are here from your soul. Like, why are you getting caught in these wires? So what is going on with people? What, including me, what's going on with all of us?
1: Oh. <laughs> and me too. I'm in the middle of like a bestseller campaign. Yeah, I for know. sure.
0: Hey U-Turners, this episode is sponsored in part by our friends over at Athletic Greens. And what I love the most about them is that their products are not only carbon neutral, but they taste amazing. I started taking Athletic Greens because I really wanted to get all the nutrients and vitamins possible in one swoop And I just couldn't bring myself to drink all those green vegetable smoothies that taste like the grass. So I wanted something that actually tastes good and was perfect for me. And I've been on Athletic Greens for a few weeks now, and I am just loving it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. You know, it has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to every morning. And with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. So this really special blend of ingredients is so supportive for your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, anti-aging, all the things. Right now, it is so time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition especially as we're in flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. I even throw mine in my smoothie. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash U-Turn. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And they're giving one year of vitamin D that is so insane with your first order. I'm so excited for you to check it out. Now let's get back to this week's episode.
1: We are unhealed. Yeah. That's it. And we want to be seen and we want to be heard and we want to be loved. And we think it comes from outside sources. And so, and the ego sets up these goals. And it's the thing is, here's the thing, uh, the fine line, the nuance, as we say in this space. Uh, the nuance with this is that you can crush the goal. And this is, my, this is my noticing of a heart-centered goal versus an ego-centered goal. You can get the money. You can have the launch. You can get your million followers on whatever platform you want. But there's nothing extra that comes with it. There's no bonus. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've had this conversation with probably a few thousand people now about desire. Because mm-hmm. that was my, you know, the stepping stone, stone to embodiment. And you crush the goal, you get the, um, you get the adrenaline rush. The ego loves it because you did it, but you don't necessarily sleep better at night. You don't necessarily have a more regulated nervous system, but when you, you could do the same goal, you could have, have the same achievement, but it really came out of love. It's like, I'm doing this because my happiness is intertwined with your happiness. I'm doing this because I feel like the guy in the corner of the street could be me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because like Christ consciousness is just in me, Buddha nature, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you go and you get, you get extra bonuses when you reach the goal. So it's like you have the launch or you make the money and you know what you feel peaceful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. You don't mm. think that's going to be the rush, but peace is the rush. So it's not like saw, I pulled it off. It's like it's just like yes, I'm in the flow of life.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's usually my chosen word in meditation is peace, because mm. well, probably because of growing up in a frenetic household. But mm. I do think that it is such a win to just feel at ease and in flow with life. Mm. Um, I know that there's you talk a lot about heart in your book versus I know that there's a lot of people listening, especially the corporate babes. I see you all. I see you. And I feel like there's a lot of fear to lead with the heart. When people say lead with your heart, people they're, they're like, but what about my head? I've got kids to feed. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I can't just lead with my heart. My heart wants to go, you know, drive across Bali on a motorcycle and cheat on my husband with this really hot guy at the bar. But Mm -hmm. my mind is telling me no. So what's your response when you say, put your heart in the lead and people start to go into panic around that?
1: Mm, That's a great question. Well, let's use that example. I don't think it's the heart that wants to do really destructive things, but the heart will want to do things that might require some destruction, you know, like, um, and maybe your heart does want to cheat on your husband on the back of a bike in Bali, but, (laughs) uh, usually the heart is going to ask like, what's good for humanity here and mm-hmm. what's potentially harmful, uh, harmful mm-hmm. Benefit versus harm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking to business women about receptivity mm. and they cry. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the image. So, okay. All the biz, all the boss babes right now, this is it. Okay. I have a word for you. bass. Just bask. What does that mean? Okay. Everybody, 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 especially the ballers. Just you're, you see yourself, you're lying on a beach. It's safe. It's warm. It's gorgeous. It's golden. What's your job. You have no job. You are there to absorb, to receive, this is the word, to be receptive to the vitamin D, to the nutrients that are looking for you the wisdom, the universal mind, the love, the mental clarity, it's just waiting for you to slow down and receive. Instead, we're in this frenetic, I got to get the 12 steps. I got to get my Q1 objectives. Does someone give me the steps? Someone give me the, the te- I want a template, please somebody give me a template. Mm-hmm. You have the template, relax. It's there and it's very efficient. It will save you money, it will save you time. You just need to be in the practice of stillness. It's challenging because it's counterintuitive. It's not how we've been raised. You have been running. Girlfriend, how is the running turning out? How's your adrenal system? How's your skin? How's your sleep? Really, how is your intimacy? Are you feeling really connected deeply, soulfully to your partner, to yourself, to your body? Do you feel meaningful? Are you always chasing? Or is like today really good and rich and full no matter what? Are you good no matter what? Okay. If the answer is no, which it is for most of us on any given day, then it's like just slow down and listen to the intelligence of your heart. It will never lead you wrong, doesn't mean it's easy. And this is what's required right now on the planet. The feminine energy, and we all, we hear lots of distorted principles around the divine feminine and all of that. But it's the intelligence of love that's gonna heal the body, that's gonna create all kinds of new structures and systems. And it is going to require some courage. So it's like instead of channeling all our courage into going to ask for the the VC, for the venture capital money, instead of channeling all our courage into like showing up online for, you know, an Instagram live, what if you channeled your courage into like being the one who talks about love for your quarterly objectives? Mm -hmm. And my experience is people will gravitate toward that.
0: I feel like a lot of people, they feel like there needs to be a point to being alive or a purpose in their work. And I often respond by saying, like, what if we're just here to have a good time? What if we're just here to have an experience? What if we're just it's just an art gallery? Like, go to the museum and realize the sunset's prettier than the painting. Like, we're already in it. Like, mm-hmm. so I would just love um, a little bit. A little more on masculine and feminine energy would be fun to talk about with you. Because when I think of receptivity, I think of leading with feminine energy. And in my 20s, especially after working in counterterrorism, like nothing quite like a path to become a spy to like spur you into like fear-based creation and whatever else achievement (laughs) to become worthy. Are you, did you get a book? Are you going to write a book? You need to write a book. I wrote a book. It's called U-Turn and it's been out like a year and a half and it's like, yeah, actually, it's funny. You are talking about a Band-Aid, uh, ripping a Band-Aid, and I talk in my book, I call it Grip It and Rip It. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I want to write a poetry collection at some point. Um, you should have heard me on my date the other night. Like, this guy was like, what's your intention in your career? And I'm like, because he thinks I'm, like, this badass. And I'm like, okay, maybe, but that's just, like, bio stuff. Like, who I actually am is, like, highly creative and not that interested in pushing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So... He's like in marriage mode, asking me all the questions, and I'm like, "Yeah, so basically, what this is going to look like is me being creative, and maybe it's going to make money sometimes, and you know, maybe you'll be in charge of that." Like this poor guy.
1: <laughs> I love it. Let me know how the next day goes.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, so feminine energy, like I was pushing so hard in my twenties and like killing myself then come my thirties. I don't know if I'm just hung over from my twenties or hung over from putting a book out and doing what you're doing, you know, being on so many podcasts, it's fun. And then it's kind of not depending on your soul, you know, for me, it's so fun. And then it hits a special, not fun point that Mm -hmm. like anything you love, isn't fun at a certain point. Like I love watermelon, but not at two in the morning when I'm sleeping, you know, it's like, so feminine energy is kind of where I'm at right now with how I'm leading in my business. Like I'm much more receptive. Like, um, I have friends who are like, Hey, we, we, you know, like you're friends with Mark Groves. He's one of my favorite people. So him and I are talking about doing a course together. Um, it's just like, I'm a little more like inspiration based. And like, I get a little tickle and I'm like, Hey, want to do that? And people are like, yeah. And I'm like, how fun. And I'm just like bopping along like a little buoy in the ocean, you know, creatively. Um, but I do think that there's sometimes like a wounded feminine that happens where women are not women, just like feminine energy looks like, you know, just kind of floating in the winds and hoping life is going to happen. So how yeah. do you navigate to That's find lazy, <laughs> lazy right? <laughs> yeah. That's just like la- right. So how do we navigate these energies of being receptive versus being lazy? How yeah. do we channel our masculine versus our feminine? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. When it comes to being open
1: Shadow feminine or just that go with the flow is opportunistic. Who's going to take care of me? Mm-hmm. I don't really have to do this. And then I can blame it on just going with the flow. The universe told me to go there. It's actually kind of irresponsible. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think. I think um healthy feminine energy is it, you know, flow, all flow needs a container. Mm-hmm. So without it, we're just watery, messy not into our self-agency we just really don't get anywhere yeah so it's a it's it's a dance you need both i think the feminine is naturally inclusive Mm -hmm. you can see i mean you see this in like mystical teachings but also just just work with any woman every woman walks in the room They've taken the temperature of the room. The temperature of everybody there. Is everybody fed? How is everybody doing? And who else needs to be here? It's very natural. Mm -hmm. This is like so positive. Our capacity, our inclination to mother everybody in front of us and everybody outside of the door is brilliant, and it's exactly what the world needs. We are naturally inclusive. Mm
0: -hmm. Please,
1: I'm I'm willing to get on my knees. We need to lead with love. Mm -hmm. Masculine. uh, Well, we all know what you know, shadow masculinity looks like it's very domineering. Sharks. Yeah. Sharks. Sharks. Very exploitive. Mm I mean, the patriarchy is always looking for a deal. So it doesn't want empowerment. It doesn't want sovereignty and sovereignty. This is the divine irony is that sovereignty really comes through group love. You cannot be free until you realize that you are interconnected. That's where the relief is. That liberation that everybody's craving to like feel their power. You only feel it when you are aware that you are part of the whole. Mm. And I think uh, the masculine, healthy masculine wants to bring us together. Um, It wants to create goodwill. We move forward through goodwill. So it harnesses all that feminine inclusiveness and says, okay, with all that love, let's build
0: this. Yeah, I love that so much. And um, I love what you said about inclusivity. It, it actually, you said you called some of the women on the line the boss babes, and it made me think of my friend Natalie, who I, I don't know if you've met Natalie over at Boss Babe. Mm-hmm. And her and I became friends right when she moved to LA, and we went into this women's circle, like Colorado in the woods event that we just, well, it wasn't an event, it was like a hangout of seven of us. And she, we went in a circle and acknowledged each person. And she said to me that what she never forgot was that when she moved to L.A., she didn't know anyone. Her business wasn't as established yet. There was a party and I had grown up in L.A., even though I don't live there anymore. And I just knew a lot of friends there just from growing up there. And I remember meeting her and thinking of her for this party that like 150 of us were going to. And I remember thinking, oh, that Natalie girl that just moved here, she probably like doesn't know anyone and I reached after and said, "Hey, there's a party. Do you want me to ask if you could come? I could get you on the da 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 da." And it was like a forever, like you said, a reverence, like, like mm. appreciation, reverence. Like I just remember the way she was appreciating me. So I want to ask anyone who's listening, like, can you let your eyes go shopping this week for an opportunity to be inclusive, like? Mm-hmm. Can you think of someone who would so benefit from being included in that dinner reservation in that business group? Because what Danielle is saying, I think, is so important and it's so nourishing. You know, you get back so much more than you even put out. Um, and it feels like a cheesy snapple top for me to say that, but I know it's true. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. okay. What have I not asked you about your book, about your work? I could ask you about letting go and the questions to ask yourself. Everybody, you just have to get her book. Um, what, what can you share with everyone that I haven't gotten into? I know we're almost an hour in and I feel like I could talk to you a really long time. Honestly. Yeah, we could hang out for a long time. Yeah.
1: Um, well, you mentioned letting go. Here's the thing. You can't actually let anything go. You have to integrate it. Mm. To stop. Um, Stop with the cutting cords. sometimes, you know, if you really want to get into metaphysics, there's time to cut the cords and have all energy return to source and protect yourself, all of that. But really, 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 like the relationship dynamic or that memory of that shitty thing you did that one time, it wants to be integrated. And then it will calm down. Um, So no more pushing away. No more trying to overcome your fear. Just have a friendly conversation with your fear. That's powerful.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. And there's so many bodies of work around having conversations with these different aspects of yourself. Um, I learned Gestalt's approach of like Mm -hmm. setting down two chairs and moving chairs with different aspects of yourself. Something for you guys to look into and you know in 2022, are you allowed to say you guys do I have to edit that out? Like everyone to look into. <laughs> I've been saying when I when I'm not sure with like pronouns and stuff, I've been calling people legends. Like when I don't know, I'm like, hey, you legend. <laughs> That's good. I'm it's like a safe one. zone, you know? <laughs> I'm like, never yeah. So I'm leaving that there. Okay. Um, I'm so excited to have had this conversation with you. I wish you lived in New York City, but you're way too grounded for that. <laughs> And yeah, this was just we so We need to cool. hang out. Yeah. You're yeah. great. I'm, I'm going to go
1: find out more about you. Totally. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like internet searching you right now. Yes,
0: please. Yes. I, and maybe it's weird. Maybe I'm cool. Like you tell me it's all made up, right? Like it's all emptiness and made up. And now I'm in a whole spiral of emptiness anyway. Yeah. You
1: are so full of emptiness. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. Those of you who have not done Buddhism stuff, like it's all empty. Everything's emptiness. And that's all I'm learning about is how empty everything is. And our perceptions create them. So, oh, is that what your tattoo is? It's That's about- what my tattoo is about. For those of you who are just listening, I have a circle
1: tattoo, just one single line on my right hand. And at one point, it meant I'm open, but I have boundaries, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and then I have softened a lot, and now it means like it is that that Buddhist nod to just like everything is full and everything is empty and everything is bothness.
0: Yeah, and
1: that perspective is how to be loving.
0: Yeah. And those of you who think we sound a little high or something, what we really are meaning with that is we that are. Any, <laughs> love, like a pen. If you look at a pen, it's, it's a pen for you and it's a chew toy for a dog. So it's like everything has meaning based on what you give it. And I know that that sounds quite trite, but it's really some deep shit when you sit with it. So Danielle Laporte, thank you so much for being here. Please call me when you're in New York. I am like so ready to to get weird with you. Yeah, come to Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, where can everybody find you, follow you, get the updates on you, learn from you? I love being
1: on Instagram. So I'm there, at Danielle Laporte. I have a Heart Center membership, which is this beautiful monthly spiritual support program. As you mentioned in my bio, I have a leadership program. It's like 400 Incredible, mostly women teaching this curriculum and classes and coaching and facilitating. And how to be loving is like everywhere, everywhere. And it's medicine, if I do say so.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for tuning into the U Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners.